No mai hare mai. Welcome to the reading room in Nga Pataka Kōrero, the Central City Library, Tamaki Makaura, Auckland. Ko Jane Wilde toku ingoa. I'm Jane Wilde, Rare Books Curator, and I'm delighted to share the recording of Greg Doran's visit to the Auckland First Folio in June 2023. Greg Doran, Artistic Director Emeritus of the Royal Shakespeare Company, is currently on a tour of Surviving First Folios, sponsored by the British Council. He comes to us after visiting First Folios in Japan and, most recently, Sydney at the State Library of New South Wales. Next stop, Cape Town. Our First Folio has travelled the furthest from the print house in London, some 11,386 miles, to be precise, thanks to Folio 400, It's had an active life, most recently getting some attention from David Ashman, our preservation manager. The folio can now be handled more easily post-treatment. The tangible evidence of the preservation treatment, including leather shavings and gutter sweeping, is now stored in a bespoke archival box with the folio itself. This morning, Greg meets our unique annotated folio and talks with an interested party including retired rare books librarian Georgia Prince, who curated the exhibition Shakespeare in His Time, which featured 17th century rare books from the Heritage Collections. We also had a moment with the Shakespeare bronze, affectionately referred to as the Beadle Bust, named for the sculptor Paul Beadle. The bust entered stage left during our discussion with Greg, returning to its plinth after a stint on the ground floor of our busy public library. We'll add some links about the bust, the preservation treatment, and the exhibition, Shakespeare in His Time, to the resources for this podcast. Let's give Greg the floor to share his close reading. Thank you very much. Um, you were in the middle. Jane, yeah, uh, well, I'll just we lower the folder um, just so that you can see um, that when David worked on actually getting our folio ready for another century of attention by scholars. Um, He needed to do some things. This is the second gutter sweep. This is the under, yeah, absolutely. And so this is probably where you find the hair. Um, And so he's he's assiduously labeled underside spine, underside spine. So you're getting up close to the first folio in a way that maybe no other Folios. I mean, I know Emma Smith said ours is the she only one that is a living document, <laughs> not a relic. And um, I'm afraid you I'd can have see. To contest that with her. <laughs> well, she said probably actually. Yes, so, <laughs> yeah, she did. She did bring that probably in. Um, but I guess one of the things we're very proud of is that we we do, um, even though our folio is now digitised, we do still enjoy bringing it out to yeah. share in yeah. the reading room and. Um, always find new content, um, new insights when, when people actually yeah. do interact with the physical folio. I, I, I find the physical intervention, the human intervention, really extraordinary. There's a, there's a copy in the Isle of Butte, which actually... Oh, Emma, yes, Emma the most recently it. discovered yeah. Yeah. folio, yeah, mm. yeah. And I went up to see it, and it, uh, A, the Isle of Butte is pretty extraordinary because... It's the the, the, the the philanthropist, the very wealthy man who built it, mm. decided that he wanted to introduce all sorts of things to the island, including wallabies. 
Mm, that sounds a little bit familiar. <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's just, a, in the yeah. sort of British aristocracy, there's a trend. Mm. Yes. Exotic. He introduces wallabies yeah. and then decides to introduce cars to the island for the first time. Mm. And on the first day the cars are introduced, it knocks over a wallaby. Oh, and kills it. But on the Isle of Butte, there's, so she was showing me the copy there. And on the last page, so you see, as you f look through the page, you see all the chain lines from the, mm. the original pressing yep, yep. and the watermark, and then there was this streak down it. <coughs> and I said, what's the streak? Mm. And she said, we worked out that what we think it is, is when um, the paper had been laid on the print in, the, in, in Jaggard's shop in the Barbican, so, the, so it's, the, 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 it's the, the print has been inked, the paper has been laid on it, the press has been pulled down, and then the, the paper is lifted off. That it, the printer would have lifted it off and hang, hung it out to dry mm. over a line. And as he hung it out to dry, a drop of sweat uh, came down the page yeah. and streaked the page. So yeah. it is the DNA yeah. of yes. the actual <laughs> printer yeah. is there in the copy. So these, oh, this exactly. is bit like that. It is a bit like that. Yeah. You can deliver the folio up if you like, George. I can deliver, deliver it up. Deliver yeah. it up. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Also, some people say... Yes. Some of your hands are clean. And, <laughs> and there were some letters about the... There was a correspondence with Bernard Quaritch when it took two years for Gray to, uh, to, to get this one. Yeah. Um, mm. And so there was correspondence about um, uh, the process and some of those letters ended up being in, in the folio and they've stayed here in the folder oh. with the folio. Mm. Um, you know, he, he had the offer of a, a very expensive one and then he went down to a, a cheaper one um, and then the binding needed <coughs> attention and he said the only binder that can do this work is unwell so I must leave it as it is. And so it took about 120 years for um, then um, David Ashman to have some time to yeah. attend to it which That's actually right. makes it a lot easier to open mm. which right. is really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's 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 extraordinary, isn't it, to, to to kind of ponder how how people were sort of mashing up folios, mm. and so they were taking pages out of one in order to perfect mm. another copy, mm. and, That's right. uh, and apparently this one there's a there's a leaf in this one which um, he paid another three pounds for <laughs> on top of everything else. Well, that would be the portrait. Would it be George? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. No, I don't think it's a page in Troilus and Cressida, I think that could be right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But the, so, well, I guess one of the two copies was privately acquired by Mr. Pierpont Morgan for a sum extending to four, four figures. This valuable yes. volume was in a in the small but choice library of the late James Toovey, the bookseller of Piccadilly. They were, it was just a mania, wasn't it? There was, there was <coughs> sort of obsession, I mean, because it, it sort of captured <coughs> the popular imagination, didn't yeah. it, the first folio? Yeah. So in that Victorian period, in our, in our newspapers, even the tiniest little newspaper in New Zealand, you see stories about things like the Pierpont Morgan price of a folio. People mm. kind of were interested in, in a way. Mm. And when um, we would always get our folio out when VIPs came to visit. So when one of the governors general came in in the 1960s, um, Lord Cobham um, 
we, we showed our first folio and then he said, well, I've got one of those too. And he um, lent his and the two folios were on display when Love's Labour's Lost was on in the town hall um, for a period. So it was kind of like this sweet thing. But of course, his folio has now been sold and is in, you might have seen it in Japan. It was oh. one of the Maasai uh, oh. folios. Yeah. Well, mm. I, <coughs> I went to look for a particular folio in May. May say, mm, and mm. Um, um, which had been owned by the f the youngest member of Scott's on Antarctic expedition, oh, okay. um, and he had written about the expedition as being it was a wonderful book, extraordinary book about the horrors of that Antarctic travel, called the worst journey in the world. Oh, yes. You read that? Well, uh, we've got it. We've actually got a first edition. Oh, have, you, have you? Yeah, yes, we do. Well, <laughs> I, I thought this <laughs> was an amazing. Um, just, just somehow mm. that book by that man, mm. you know, with that 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 man had a copy. Mm. Um, yeah, he's the one who found Scott. Yeah, he's youngest. the one who, who he was the youngest. Yeah, and yeah, he's the one who came and it discovered him in the tent. I'm going to find. Yeah. This is the speech that. I found so moving that here it is. <coughs> so this is in in measure from measure, and this this speech. So Claudio, so Claudio's sister has so Claudio has been condemned to death. Um, his sister, uh, who was about to enter a, a nunnery, um, goes to appeal to the deputy governor. The deputy governor falls in love with her, well, falls in lust with her, and says, yes, I'll help you uh, if you sleep with me. Mm. She says, I'll expose you. He says, who would believe you? She turns to the audience and says, to whom should I complain? Hashtag me too. <laughs> um, extraordinary. And, and she goes to say to her brother, unfortunately, you have to die because I can't give up my chastity. Um, and there's a scene between the two of them. And Claudio says, yes, I completely understand. And then he says, but really? <laughs> <laughs> and then he describes the thing about death. And, and I just, I hear absolute Cherry Jarrard oh, yeah. in, the, in the wilds of Antarctica mm -hmm. and the, uh, the horror of Antarctica facing the same thing. He says, so. Um, Isabella says, what says my brother? And Claudio says, death is a fearful thing. And she says, and shame and life are hateful. And he says, I but to die, and go we know not where, to lie in cold obstruction and to rot this sensible warm motion to become a kneaded clod and the delighted spirit to bathe in fiery floods or to reside in thrilling region of thick-ribbed ice, to be imprisoned in the viewless winds and blown with restless violence round about the pendant world or to be worse than worst of those that lawless and in certain thought imagine howling, tis too horrible. The weariest and most loathed worldly life that age, ache, penury and imprisonment can lay on nature is a paradise to what we fear of death. I think it's the most extraordinary speech and in performance the speech becomes about is he trying to persuade 
her of how terrible it is to die or does he get lost in his own mm. apprehension of what mm. that is but when he says or to reside in thrilling region of thick ribbed yes, ice. Exactly. Yeah. That how is so he, what he must. Yeah. And how does Shakespeare, <laughs> well, <laughs> a boy from Stratford on Avon, how does he know what you know, being imprisoned in the viewless winds mm. or mm. residing in thrilling region <coughs> of thick ribbed ice? It somehow mm. he describes the, the, the region that is a thrilling region, mm. Mm. thrilling to the senses. Mm. And thick ribbed ice, not just thick ice, not mm. just deep ice, but thick ribbed ice. You can feel whole bodies of it. Oh, mm. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So anyway, I haven't found a cherry absolute hour I've got me. So I've got to go to Vancouver now. <laughs> the wonderful thing about this page, so this is the page of all the, mm. the catalogue of all the p plays, is that it doesn't, it has 35 plays, and there are 36 plays in the book. So one of the plays is missing. And I, find, I love that. That in terms of trying to get this book together, they simply have um, failed to do so by the time they start printing. Right. I love that. And um, <laughs> I saw a copy in Meso, uh so the, the missing player is Troilus and Cressida, mm. and it gets shoved in in between Henry VIII and Coriolanus. But I saw a copy in Mace and went to that page, and there is no Troilus and Cressida. Mm. So clearly, not only did they print the catalogue of plays before they knew they had the rights to print it, but they started printing the book. Yeah. So there are some copies that don't have it in. I'm going to go straight to Troilus and Cressida and see what, see what your... What you've got, here we are, Henry VIII. So this is the last of the history plays. Oh, yeah, and there is Troilus. So it's all going really well at this point. <laughs> and it's up to page 232. Mm. And then what should be number one of the, of the tragedies. But look. <laughs> Just come and look at this. <laughs> it just makes me laugh, that's why. <coughs> so you have Henry VIII, Henry VIII, page 230, page 231, page 232, and then we've a whole page has been placed in because they've, they've, mis, they've misestimated the number of pages they're going to need. Mm -hmm. And they have to shove in this place that they've only just got the rights for. And uh, so they start, so they put Troilus and Cressida in, <laughs> for some reason. Choose a number. I mean, there must have been, at some point, somebody must have thought, well, it's going to be around about page 80, isn't it? <laughs> so they, they persist, they persist, valiantly persist. And there's page 80, and then they just go, oh, well, forget it, let's forget it. And there are no other page numberings oh, in the book. Yeah. And then you get to Coriolanus, so there's a p they've missed a page again. Mm -hmm. And you get to Coriolanus, this is the start of the tragedy, it's, it's page one, and it's a, the little, this little yeah, signature, signature here. Yeah. Um, the signatures are <coughs> really interesting. The signatures, so if you, if you can imagine, I'm gonna use this piece of paper here. So if you imagine that's a folio page and 
So that's folio page, um, say. And a folio is, is folded once, so that makes it, <coughs> that's folio. And then, and then you put another one in. Then you mark these signature marks that say that's page A, that is page A2, that would then be page A3, and then after that you don't have to mark them A4, A5, A6, because they're connected to these pages. Mm -hmm. So that, that is a binding of s or a six, and that um, is how the book is put together. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's why these signature letters are there. So as you see, AA, AA2, AA3, and now if I'm right, it should be AA4, but it won't say it because it doesn't need to. And then, <coughs> so they can't, with Troilus and Cressida, use an alphabetical letter because it's, that's going to confuse the pagination. It's going to confuse the printers even more. So eventually, well <laughs> once they get into it, they use this little thing, which is a funny little mark. Mm. Can you see that? Mm. And that is called, one of the lovely words I've learnt uh, on this journey, including at the, at the airport yesterday, marmorated, for a marmorated stink bug. I thought mm. that was a wonderful <laughs> word, I, which I was told to check wasn't in my luggage. Um, this is called a pill crow, uh, or a paragraph mark. And so you get to pill crow two, but note they, the typesetter hasn't got enough of the pill crow in his box, so he has to use a different letter there and then he goes back to the original one for three hmm. and of course it shouldn't be there and then at the end he gets to by the time you get to the end of Troilus and Cresta you have three pilgrims which sounds to me like a Scottish ballad <laughs> the ballad of the three pilgrims and a library stamp and a library stamp gorgeous <laughs> <laughs> library we had to have stamp. some ownership mark <laughs> often at the title page and the, and the end this yeah, one yeah. but this one goes so all George the way Gray, through I know very well, worried we, about we knew it theft. was important didn't mm -hmm. we yeah. very worried about theft <laughs> right about from theft. the beginning theft <laughs> people chopping out bits of the play well yeah. you're All right you're right to i know you're yeah. right to so it wasn't us i hope you often realize. with atlases. although everybody <laughs> who ever looks at it looks at me very accusingly as if i've just <laughs> done it you, but you it, that? yeah i keep <laughs> saying it's over 100 years old that stamp it wasn't me is it is it is that it wasn't me and it says in the inside it says sir george gray's collection but free public library Okay, yeah. you're just trying to wriggle out of it now. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he did, you know, deliberately buy it for the people of Auckland. So yeah. it's sort of that's part of the well, marketing. It, it does have a. Um, we do have a number of other wonderful books with that stamp appearing. Rather, <laughs> however, I, you I just have to look at it as it's as part of its history yes. now. <coughs> do you know the the the? You, but you but you're right, aren't you? Because the copy that was stolen. From Durham. Durham's, yeah, from, yeah, from absolutely. The, yeah. The, uh, from the John Cousins Library. From their lovely case. There's an extraordinary mm. story of. Mm. So, so it's, it's 1998, it gets stolen. And then two, ten years later, 
this man walks into uh, the well, Folger Library in Washington and uh, brings out of a sort of Sainsbury's plastic bag uh, the, the, this battered folio with the spine ripped off, the cover's yeah, been yeah, taken off. Yeah. And he says, I've just been in Cuba <laughs> and uh, I've just been given this copy of this English book of plays and and I just we just we were just wondering if it's worth anything. <laughs> and clearly there's some scam here. And they rather cannily they say, Can we keep it in overnight? Mm. So they keep it in overnight. Um, and within seconds they know it's the f I mean, Durham doesn't have a great big purple stamp on yeah, it. No, it? no, but it will have But it has as some this book marks. is the most <laughs> is this book is the most known about book in the world. That's it? right. Mm. Every single mm press variant, every single rust mark, every single you know, watermark, etc. And so um, eventually uh, this guy, Raymond Scott, his name was, is arrested and he's, he, it turns out that he has indeed been living in Cuba and having an affair with a lap dancer half his age in Havana mm. and uh, thinks that this is the lifestyle to which he should be accustomed. So mm. how does he fund that? Well, they, they He's, he is part of stealing this, mm. this book, mm -hmm. um, but thinks by ripping its cover off, nobody will know what it is. Mm -hmm. So he's arrested, not for stealing it, but for handling stolen goods. And um, uh, is, is he turns up at his trial dressed like Elton John. Mm -hmm. And uh, he has a white Stetson and a fur coat <laughs> and a cigar mm -hmm. and sprays the journalists with champagne because he thinks like Donald Trump if, he's, yeah, if he, he says loudly that. enough that you know he's a wonderful person truth, and everyone should love truth. him all will be and well uh, <laughs> and, he, uh, and he gets sentenced to eight years in prison mm. um, and the sad thing uh, is yeah. that uh, he, he commits suicide after oh, three oh years dear. in prison and he, uh, that you ca Emma makes this point mm. uh, in a way that that sort of sets a, th there is a there's too high a price for this mm. volume mm. you know that even the, mm. t t whenever it was, 2016, when it, the last one, well, not the last one, but the one before, sold for just under $10 million in New York, mm. you kind of go, we're just fetishizing this book, aren't we? <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. There's something rather just wonderful mm. about it, but it's become a sort of, I don't know, there's, there was a... There's well, a they, they become sort of trophies, don't they? Yes, People, they so they're not really actually um, the... Yeah. They, they become divorced from their context. Really. Yes. Yeah. Even that though it's because people seem to think that they're wonderful and they love them. I mean, I we had a, a what was he, an insurance assessor, actually. He was sort of, he said to me, have you got a first folio? And I said, yes, we do. And he said, what? <laughs> what? I didn't know there was one in New Zealand. And then he sort of went into a paroxysm of excitement. And then he said to these poor men, <laughs> he said, he said, look, you chaps. This is the greatest book in the English language. And they went, um, <laughs> <laughs> they, were they were startled into silence. But I mean, it was an example, a very unexpected example yeah. to me yeah. of how excited people can yeah. get being close up with something yeah. like this. Um, and I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm sort of making a joke of him really, which is unfair, but it was a, it, it's, you know, I mean, it's an indication it is of sort a, of extreme to me it's excitement. It's a very special. It is a it very is special, special book, but yeah. it's not a rare book yeah, it because is. there are two hundred and thirty-five of them. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. not rare.
And it's but not unique. It's not unique. <laughs> and, I, and sometimes I ask <clears throat> librarians, and I'll, I'll ask you later. Um, <laughs> would you, so there's a fire. Which <laughs> what book are you running to say? Uh, yeah. Is it the first it's not that one? No. 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 Good. Okay. <laughs> it's it not the, that one. That's what I would say. It's not that quarter, one. I don't know. But <laughs> there's. I, I asked this in 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 Berlin and. I said, would you save the first folio? And he said, no. <laughs> no. And I said, well, what would you save? And he said, one of only four copies of the 95 theses that Luther nailed to the church in Wittenberg in 1517 or whatever it was. And I thought, yeah, I'd go with you there. <laughs> That's what I'd say too. But there's, I, I don't know, there's, there's something about... There's something the the effect that it has on 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 on, on people it is it is real it's extraordinary because yeah. it does go it's as close as we get to th there's a copy in Glasgow and on this page a page of the, all the names of all the actors in all the plays somebody has underlined the names so these I mean Richard Burbage this is the guy <laughs> who. You know, this is the guy for whom Shakespeare wrote Hamlet, King Lear, mm. Richard the mm. Third. You know, Iago. Really amazing, amazing. amazing. Imagine roles. just having yeah, as an actor having man. those plays yeah. written for you. Yeah. But this guy, I might have it on my phone. Um, <coughs> this guy has, or well, whoever it was, has um, put on his underneath the the letters he's written. By report under yeah. Burbage, yeah. which means he he knew somebody who knew him, and then further down he says, not quite sure what that one says, but this one, under Lowen, says, by eyewitness. Yeah, he actually saw him. And then you get to the second <laughs> column, and down yeah. the second column it says, Joseph Taylor, no K N O W. I know this person. Right. Wow. It's like they went yeah, to the yeah, pub yeah, afterwards yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. got to know the actual yeah. actor. Yeah, yeah. I find that <laughs> staggering. Yeah. And so whoever owned that copy knew these people. Knew these yeah. people. Mm. It's like the dribble of the sweat of the of the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of the no, printer. It's a real close connection. That is close. And Joseph Taylor, yeah. who he knew, Joseph, when Burbage died in 1619, Joseph Taylor took over his roles. He took over his share in the company, and he took over his roles. So this is the second man to play to Hamlet. Play him. <laughs> and you can follow from him. So the theatre's closed in, in 1642 and reopened in 1660. And Joseph Taylor was seen by a man called uh, William Davenant, who claimed that he was oh, Shakespeare's yes, love child. Story, yes. <laughs> it's a good story. It's a good story, <laughs> Shakespeare's love child. Um, anyway, he, Davenant saw Joseph Taylor play Hamlet and taught the part to Betterton, who then took the play over in 1660. And so from Richard yeah. Burbage to Joseph Taylor yeah. to Betterton, yeah. we then have an unbroken line right the way through to Papa Essiedu, who was our last Hamlet in Stratford. Mm. And I find that just, I think that unbroken line really incredible. Now, I think I'm going to look to the right at the end because quite often that's. This is, so this, is the, this is the play I've just directed in Stratford, Cymbeline. And it's the, it was my 50th RSC production and the last of all the Shakespeare plays I have to direct. <laughs> 
So it was a great, great thing to be able to do. And often at the end, when you look at the end of these plays, the, the, because the yeah, damage yeah, is, that's is right, front often is what gets worse. Mm. Yeah. What does that say? But look at the look at the pagination here. This is I, this is makes me laugh because it goes three hundred ninety four, three hundred ninety five, three hundred ninety six, nearly there. Three hundred ninety seven. Oops. Three hundred and ninety eight, <laughs> almost a bit obscured. Nine hundred ninety three. <laughs> Actually, this corner has been ripped off. So you can't tell. But there are some scribbles here. Look, this and this. This. Yeah. Hmm. And David found another name when he was going through that had been pasted down. So there's John is written down <laughs> on the, in the back as well that we oh. hadn't known about. So, um, well, often a lot the books of were washed, weren't they? Yeah. Mm. Mm. But there's a special name, isn't there, in here that is it excites it excites um, uh, uh, my friend Emma Smith yeah. ever so much. Charles Grills is the earliest name. But there's, there's, there's and then there's, there's Anne, Anne Hurl, well, yeah, who signed she signs it Othello twice. twice. I've actually got it up on our screen on our online uh -huh, version. Uh -huh. yeah. um, at the top of the yes, page. Yes, here it is. Yeah, mm. oh good. Here it is. And there's another scribble over here. Not yet to die. The weirdest signing by a, of a woman's name in the folio that I've found was a copy in um, the Reform Club in, uh, in Pall Mall in London. So it's a posh old travellers club. <laughs> and, but it's a scruffy old copy. But there's a, there's a scene in Richard III where the two murderers come to murder Clarence. And Clarence wakes up in his prison cell and sees these two men and says, what are you doing here? And why have you come? And they say, the first murderer stutters, to, to, and he says, to murder me. And they go, yeah, yeah, that's what we've come for. And there's a space. And in the space, um, somebody has written, well, the name Janice Weston, 1774. Would somebody like, has somebody got their mobile phone with Google? Google, hello. <laughs> Will you Google Janice, J A N I C E, Weston? Janice Weston murdered in 1983. So. That's it. <laughs> Janice Weston, the only Janice Weston I could find, was murdered Ooh. in 1983. This is Janice oh. Weston, 1775, yeah. but has written her lines against the murderer saying, why have you come to murder me? Oh. Now so yeah, that is probably, apart from being the start of a novel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird. And that's the only Janice Weston. The whole plot of the novel. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it written into a copy in the folio in the Reform Club? So Janice Weston, and then there's there's a, a, a lovely signature in the Sydney copy, again, which is evidence of female readership of. Elizabeth, I think it's Windybank, uh, and it says Elizabeth Windybank, her book, so 
she's mm, saying it's, it's her she dog, owns it. Mm. And then a little bit later it says, your unworthiest servant, Thomas Hurst. And um, Maggie Payton, who's the mm. librarian there, mm. she is convinced there's a love affair here. And she would be. <laughs> <laughs> she loves that sort she of She loves stuff. that thing. <laughs> that this is a lovely... She's uh, and as if and he's pu- and, and she's put it under he, Thomas Hurst has added his little number under Anthony and Cleopatra one of the greatest love oh stories yes, of the well world. There you go. No wonder she's convinced. I can't, what, I can't remember. What, I think she's got hers under Hamlet, so I'm not sure that she's oh, not oh sure well, that's compatible. Well, maybe, well, maybe. <laughs> We've got interesting annotation in Hamlet, okay. where um, uh, there's there's annotations about a bloody deed indeed. Um, on it's the double opening has annotations uh, and what bloody deed it uh, so, uh, so, so in the in the in the uh, the closet mm-hmm. oh here it is mm-hmm. how is it with you lady yeah. Yeah. and it could well be this Anne Hill's hand ah oh. a bloody deed mm-hmm. one of the interesting things about a bloody deed um so Hamlet has just killed Polonius, who is sneaking, spying behind the curtain, behind the arras, and has just stabbed him behind the arras. And the queen says, what have you done? And Hamlet says, no, no, what is it, the king? Because he thinks it might be the king hanging around there. And he says, what a rash and bloody deed is this? And Hamlet says, a bloody deed, almost as bad, good mother, as kill a king and marry with his brother. And the Queen says, as kill a king, and he says, aye lady, it was my word. And the interesting thing about that line is that Gertrude repeating as kill a king clearly doesn't know what Hamlet is talking about. Mm -hmm. And he's saying it's as bad as you being implicit or complicit in the murder of my father. And she simply doesn't know. I, I th- I'm sure that's what those four lonely little syllables are all about. And um, the whole character of Gertrude is pivoted on that line. Because if she does, if she is, she does know that Claudius killed her husband in order to marry her. Then her her relationship to Hamlet is very is is really difficult. But if if she just fell in love with Hamlet's her fa- father, father, Hamlet's uncle Claudius, yeah. she fell in oh love yes, with him. Uncle. If she fell in love with Uncle Fathers. Claudius, and Uncle Claudius bumped off Hamlet's dad in order to get the crown and to get Gertrude, then that's that's one thing. So if she knew about it or she didn't know about it, is the crux of the, mm. the play. Um, so, but why? It's so, it's so random, isn't it, why yeah. they write these particular lines? Oh, I see, so there's Anne. Anne is, Anne is written here. Mm. She, and she scribbled it out, uh, though perhaps. Wow. The only lines that are not random are the ones that 
got on the little post, uh, little bookmarks we've made, or the postcard, which is I am Leggy. Mm. Um, I am Leggy. Read oh, it already. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 so I've already read this. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, yeah, a yeah. number of the of the plays have that um, oh, handy okay. bookmark note. Mm. Um, that don't don't worry, I've already read that one. <laughs> that's good, isn't it? I love it. That's because, and some people on the contents page have ticked off yeah. <laughs> different pages. Kind of gone, right, read that one, read that one, not read that one, that one's no good. <laughs> on the play Cymbalines I was about to do, there's a copy in the, <laughs> in the Victorian Albert Museum in London, and at the top of the page, above the title of, of Cymbaline, it says, not Shakespeare's, not a word of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Right, great. Right. That, that's what you think. Insights. Hamlet has, um, in fact, round about here, yeah. Hamlet has a, a, a lovely uh, anomaly. So it says, page 154, page 155, page 156, page 257. <laughs> <laughs> just skipped skip 100 pages. <laughs> um, but it also has, uh, so that so clearly, as it was being printed, the printer was checking the the the, the, the work that the compositors had done in setting the type, and sometimes they make a mistake. And in a couple of copies, there are little X's, where the printer has pulled out the page, gone this 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 is a mistake here, and this is a mistake here, mm -hmm. and. Um, that on subsequent copies the mistake has been corrected mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but because the paper is expensive and they've done the printing they just put the sheet back in which I think <laughs> is fantastic um, <coughs> but this in but sometimes they haven't noticed so there are mistakes in, in Hamlet that um, nobody's pulled out and here's one um, so this is in the, grave, the graveyard scene uh, with the funny clown um, the grave digger is um, just headed the clown, and um, uh, Hamlet says to the grave digger, "How long hast thou been a grave maker?" And clown says, "The grave maker says, of all the days in the year, I came to it that day that our last king Hamlet or came Fortinbras." And Hamlet says, "How long is that since?" And he says, can you tell that? Every fool can tell that. It's the very day that young Hamlet was born. He that was mad and sent into England. Oh, Hamlet says, I marry. Why was he sent into England? And the clown says, why, because he was mad. He shall, cover his, his, he shall recover his wits there. Or if he do not, it's no great matter there. <laughs> and he says, why? He says, it will not be seen in him. There the, man are as, there the men are as mad as he. <laughs> funny, funny anti-English joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how came he mad, says Hamlet? Very strangely, they say. How strangely? Faith, e'en with losing of his wits. Upon what ground? Why, here in Men Denmark. And then he says, I have been 16 here, man and boy, 30 years. I have been 16 here, man and boy, mm. 30 years. And clearly, well, not clearly, but once he worked it out, mm. he's meant to say, I have been sexton here, oh, really? man and boy, 30 mm. years. 
uh, but <coughs> nobody has noted the, the, the error. Um, which sort of just tells you, you know, the compositors mm -hmm. were, were, had a lot of work to do. Um, I think if we get our third folio out, we'll find it's been corrected. Oh, by the second folio, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah but um, the, the, our, that one, Thomas Hawkins did a lot of annotation, and right. marking up, mm. but yeah, it was already corrected. Maybe that was why the Bodleian got rid of this one. <laughs> yes, isn't that a wonderful <laughs> anyway. story? The Bodleian kind of, well, I, I mean, I you can understand it, can't you? The body mm. get rid of their first folio when the third folio comes out, and the third folio has got seven more, or well, five more plays in it, or whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. So they, it's like a medical textbook. We wouldn't <laughs> yeah. keep an old medical textbook; we'd keep the latest. Outdated. Yeah. <coughs> so they got it back a few hundred years later. They did, yeah. and they could tell because there was a clasp mark, because the books all used to get chained oh, yeah. to the shelves in the Bodleian, and there was a, a literally a kind of rip out of the. Yeah out of the um, folio, where the original clasp had been. Gosh, amazing. Yeah. Um, now, what else do, do I know about this book? Wow. That's a lot of writing. <laughs> oh, is that the kind of riddle? statement. Have you got a transcription of this? That what, what page that number page is it It's page 28 of Coriolanus. Do you like a magnifying glass? Would that be easier? Oh, you got one? That'd be great. Mm. <laughs> and you can tell the book's been trimmed too yes, because... Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I can read the word Saturday. Saturday last. This commitment time shall only but you know, for I am yours to command, Grills. Yours to command. It's another novel. <laughs> yeah. What's the final word, Grills? Grills, I think, is the name. All oh, right. One of the, I think, one of the earliest owners, as far as we know was either G, Gills, or Grill. Uh-huh. But because at some point the book has been trimmed and, and it doesn't have gilt edges, which some do, um, in order to fit a new binding. Because when you bought the book originally, you bought it, you could buy, you bought it unbound mm. or for, for 15 shillings or mm. you could have it bound for a pound. But this is extraordinary. Mm. I can, I'll send you, I've, I've got it up on the screen and we can zoom into it. Um, but I can, I'll send you that page. That'd be great. Have a bit of a I mean, as far as I can see, it says, from, some, from upon Saturday, from upon, or up to Saturday last, this commitment time shall only... You know, for I am yours to command. Mm. Mm. Come on, what do we make? I think he might have been practicing a letter. <laughs> He's scribbling it on on a handy book, but um, I mean it doesn't make any sense in the play, does it? It doesn't speak it to doesn't anything. It doesn't seem to me to be anything to do with Coriolanus no. at that point. It seems like. Um, 
He was using it. I, I, I've seen there's a copy in Arundel Castle which which has somebody in the because you're you sometimes you're expecting for you know significant things mm. and in in the Arundel Castle it goes seven times seventeen <laughs> which is one hundred nineteen if, you, if you're wondering <laughs> so he gets a, a thumb right and and, and then he's clearly kind of making he's adding up little songs adding up things. Could be a this note to the reader. This is, what is this Emma's book? That's yeah. Emma. So yeah. she's, yeah, she's, she's from you a Saturday last, this convenient time. From you a Saturday last. This convenient time. I shall only let, let you know, know that I'm yours to command. Appears to be the end of a letter, she thinks. But it could, if. You see, if you'd written it in a book and then you'd, you know, you'd said to her, you know, Coriolanus scene three. <laughs> and she That's code. Yeah. Scene three. Yeah. And then suddenly there's a letter which says, I am, you know, I'm yours. It could be a romance, it really could be. Yeah. See yeah. me under the apple tree. That's right. I think there's a code coming on. Tell Maggie over in Sydney that we've got a more of a mystery. Yeah, yeah. 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 But you have to kind of really commit to it. Well, we like we quite liked, I and mean, when Hannah August came and looked at this quite recently, where she described it as a 17th century drinks coaster. Because it's kind of like, you know, things, it, it, it's got a lot of mark of, you know, the round glass has been placed. I, I love those. Yeah. There's, there's one wonderful copy that has uh, cat paw prints. Oh. But oh, they only go over the half the page. <laughs> so somebody's clearly right. seen them. <laughs> I don't give a fuck! The cat off the, but the left, the left is muddy no mark. respect. <laughs> Yeah. And there's a, we, our copy in Stratford um, uh, is quite a, it has a lot of annotations uh, on it. Mm. Um, and little manicules, so little pointy fingers mm -hmm. that go, look at this and this and mm -hmm. this. Um, but do you know the story, do you know our story of, our, about the Pope? No. So, so in eighteen in nineteen sixty four, the tercentenary of Shakespeare's birth, or quatercentenary of Shakespeare's birth, and um, it was decided that the, the world was celebrating Shakespeare that year, um, and the Globe decided the Globe the, Vat the Vatican decided okay. that for the first time it would get in on these celebrations. So what does it do? It invites the Royal Shakespeare Company to come to Rome to do some excerpts. <laughs> for the Pope. Uh, Rome is in the middle of the Second Vatican Council, which is the, the um, initiative to modernize the Catholic yeah, yeah. Church. And so all the entire College of Cardinals is present in Rome. And in the Palazzo Pio, all the Cardinals, all 2,000 dignitaries of the Catholic Church and the Pope are all ready to have this performance of Shakespeare from the Royal Shakespeare Company, three actors from the Royal Shakespeare Company. <clears throat> and for some reason, we had decided we would take our folio along for the mm. Pope to bless. Yeah. As you, as you I, mean, I can imagine that. <laughs> strange thing to do. I mean, you know, <laughs> Pope doesn't get a terribly good press in the folio, but anyway, let's ignore that. <laughs> End of performance. They are, the actors are invited to go forward to, to, to meet His Holiness. Um, and... Uh, so Dorothy Tutin holds up our copy of the folio 
to bless. You know where this is going, don't you? <laughs> and the Pope misunderstands the gesture and goes, mm. oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and hands it to a cardinal <coughs> who is on his way to the Vatican vaults <laughs> with our copy of the folio. <laughs> Until an international, you know, <coughs> very nearly an international uh, uh, incident is, is prevented by the swift negotiation. I thought you were going to say he kissed it. No, no, no. He took it. Oh, if only he had kissed it. If only he had kissed it. So, I, he, and he didn't even bless it after all. You know. uh, <laughs> gift giving is a very fraught thing. It though. is. So, I, I, I reckon there are some of the pages that ha have been inserted to perfect the copy, which sounds like that's mm, what mm. the letters mm. suggest, mm. isn't it? But suddenly it all looks like a different edition, this one. Um. Does your Stratford copy have um, annotations around kind of directions or how to, how to play? No, no, they tend to be, they tend to be lines that um, mostly they're in Othello and um, one of the lines that um, is, uh, I find very, uh, interesting because you you wonder um, several things you you wonder who has uh, who has who has noted them mm. um, uh, because there's one set that goes um, if I can find the line em um, Emilia says it's, it's a great line so I'm going to find it for you it's the bit where she says is not a year or two shows you the man. Mm -hmm. We are all but food and they are all but stomachs. <laughs> and when they are finished, they belch us. <laughs> you go, gosh, that's, <coughs> to have noted that. Mm. Note that down to tell your husband later. Thank you very much, Greg. It's wonderful to have your insights into our Auckland folio and hear about the folios available to visit in 2023, 400 years after their publication. We're delighted to add this to our 2023 Celebrating Shakespeare podcast series. Nam mihi nui, Greg. <laughs>